0: Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote.
1: Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home. For the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros, simulcast on Stadium 32.3, 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. I'm going to um kind of sort of be the deciding vote. I, I heard the, the, the foodie debate about putting french fries and shakes and my answer is not real. I, I, I don't ever really. I guess if you did a strict definition of a shake, because I rarely eat, like, or order a burger or fry and get a shake. That, that just doesn't happen. I normally, you know, drink water or Sprite or Dr. Pepper is normally one of those three. Um, because I need something that's cold and liquidy when I eat salt and burger, not ice creamy. But on the occasion that I go to Wendy's and get a frosty, I will put French fries in the frosty. So the a frosty's a shake. Is that a shake? Does that count as a shake? Kinda, sorta. So I, I guess I, I, I tend to agree with Hannah and Moses on that. I, I'm okay with the concept of it and the taste of it. I just rarely, if I get a shake, it's normally a strawberry shake from Borden, and I don't not normally eating French fries when I get that. That's just like you go to Borden and you get a strawberry shake. You don't. I rarely get anything else with it. I just get that. So, I kind of agree with the youngsters on that one. Usually, I'm a little more old school when it comes to stuff like that. But I kind of, I kind of, I, I, I'll side with the youngsters, not be quite so militant against them on this particular subject. All right. Again, the game hotline is 706 the first segment of each hour and the third segment of the um, second hour. Be a, one of the only times you'll be able to get in. We're going to be having our conversation with Cokie Riley. Um, in the next segment, man, things have gotten a little crazy and jumbled and strange and unpredictable and, uh, you know, We'll discuss LSU and the in the college football situation with Koki. And then at around nine thirty-five or so, we're going to be talking with UL Director of Operations slash assistant coach Mike Murphy. Cajuns had a nice performance last night. You know, I thought Loyola played pretty well with the Cajuns for about a little over a half. I mean, I don't know, but about I'd have to go back and look at my notes, but like midway through the second Midway through the first, the third, essentially the third quarter um, of the game, that I thought Loyal was played pretty well. I mean they they had pretty good players. The the, the Cajuns ended up handling them and, and had some nice performances. And we'll talk to Coach Murphy about that. And then in the ten o'clock hour, at about ten fifteen, we're going to talk to Turling's Catholic head football coach, Deisha Ponche. They've got this humongous semifinal game at home. Against Lafayette Christian on Friday, so we'll be discussing that. And um, you know, we always ask Dane a few other questions. I'm sure we'll get to that as well. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello,
2: Foot. How you doing?
1: Who I'm trying to hang in there. How are you?
2: Well, well, Foot. I know you. I know you watch a lot of Denver games. I mean, they're talking on ESPN right now. You gotta have. You gotta be pretty bad to get Patrick Mahomes flexed out of a Sunday night game. They're talking about. Can you tell me what happened to Russell Wilson? I mean, he he's terrible.
1: You know, it, it it's a little scary because I do root for the Broncos to win. the 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 Seattle's offense the last half of last season was terrible, and I don't. I think most of us didn't blame Russell for that, but when you look at what Seattle's offense has done this year, you gotta wonder, like. But how, how can someone who's always been on the athletic side, and he's really not that old compared to these other quarterbacks, like how could he just go from elite to terrible that quickly? It just doesn't make sense. Like how is that? But I, but if you go back and look at Seattle's season last year, the last, I don't know, 50 to 60% of that season, their offense was dreadful just like this one is. Dreadful. Yeah, I, I, I just don't
2: get it how, how he – I mean he can't do anything and, and, and like like they they're talking. They said Patrick the great Patrick Mahomes, for you to get him out of the flex game Sunday, you gotta be pretty bad. And and, and they just tired of Denver playing in prime time.
1: Well, they just you know, they they are on pace to have one of the worst offensive seasons, if not the worst in, in, in franchise history and I think that it's like the worst offense so far this century to date. Yeah, and that's you know. saying something.
2: And, and and I'm pretty excited because they they they, they flex they they putting it's going to be Justin Herbert against Tua next Sunday. So so we'll get to see the the, the charges and the Dolphins. I mean the the Dolphins haven't played too many primetime games this year. So I think that'll be the first one. As a matter of fact, so we'll see what happens.
1: Well, you like Andy Dalton? And I'll give you him. Uh, he's like Owen six forty two in primetime games in his career. I think.
2: Tua, you hate Tua. You you said you don't like small, small left. Oh, I don't like small
1: left-handed quarterbacks. No, but 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 he's a little younger, so I, I think I might take him over uh, Andy Dalton.
2: <laughs> so, for, do you do you do you think Tua has 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 uh, proven the? Or, or or one season don't do anything, and I know he got weapons. I knew that, but you can say that about anybody. If anybody gets weapons. I
1: I do say it. American I do say it about anybody. It's about it's about coaching and what we- you know. It, it it I just I just don't think people get it. For instance, like the Cajuns played. We were talking with Cody about this yesterday. The Cajuns played. Pretty well at Texas State. They put up 41 points. But if, if if they would have gone out there and just thrown the ball down the field a bunch of times and just had a real vertical passing game, I think they would have looked terrible and everybody would be talking about, oh, the quarterback don't look good. And the co-. It, 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 it it has to do with coaching and play calling and offensive line and and do your receivers run routes and and does your play caller know how to call plays? I mean, it's just so much that goes into. That. And, and, that, and I, it's I such a team Mike McDaniel, game.
2: Mike McDaniel, I don't see how. I, I really like him. I mean, I don't know if it's because he's a dolphin or whatever, but I think he's a hell of a, a hell of a head
1: coach. No, he 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 look he does. He looks like he needs to be in some science lab, or he looks like a gamer. That's what he <laughs> looks like. He looks like one of these guys who just plays games for a living, video games. But but no, he learned well, and uh, he's doing a, a tremendous job. No question. All right, Foot. So thank you. All right. Take care. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning. Good morning.
3: So you you just proved my point while you're an alien. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna tell me you're gonna put fries in a frosty and you're not gonna eat a cake with icing on it?
1: Oh no, I, I, I don't mean, I don't no, I, I do I I think fries in a frosty is pretty good.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean what, what what year are we in right like? now? What's
0: going on? I mean, what do you do with ketchup? Oh, I love ketchup. Of, no uh,
1: no, no, look, I love ketchup and fries. I'm just saying I have put frosty french fries in a frosty, and I think it's good. I, I would do it again.
3: Here's, here's my problem with ketchup. I'm gonna ask you, you like it you like it uh, room temperature or cold
1: uh, I like both, but probably room temperature is better,
3: yeah, you can I mean ketchup cold with is something wrong with it, I don't. I,
1: I, I do. I've eaten it both ways, and I'm I'm good with it both ways. But room temperature is better. I agree. Oh, ten times. Yeah. I
3: mean, come on. I don't know what to tell you, but yeah. Stay off the uh, stay off the spaceships,
1: cat. You're an alien. Okay. Cat <laughs> says. Cat says I'm an alien. Uh. I did watch Mork from Ork when I was a kid, but I don't know that that makes you an alien. <sighs> No, it's just um, – the Russell Wilson thing, it, it, it's scary. I, I, I can't explain it. Everything that you read is not good, and, and you don't know if you can – how much of everything that you read or hear or people say it's true and what's not true, but it's um it's certainly not working. At times, he's missed wide-open receivers. He's not running enough. He used to be so dynamic, and I'm just talking about, like, the beginning of last season (laughs) and the year before that where he'd run all around and, you know, I remember last year there was some discussion, you remember, about bringing Russell Wilson to the Saints. And I remember at the time when we had those discussions saying that I don't know that he fits in with well, that time Casper, but you know Casper to Quitters offense, and there's even some people talking about Casper going to Denver, and I and I'm just thinking, I don't think he's gonna go because even last year when before he went to Denver or any of that stuff, I remember saying I just, I I didn't think. Russell is shard, and, and and there's a lot of similarities between him and Drew but he ne- he's never really played like Drew. He's not a throw the ball on time guy. I I uh I, and yet that's his problem. He's never I think that's his problem. He's never been a throw on time guy. He's always been more of an improviser and for whatever reason all his improvisational skills are gone. Like he hardly ever he runs every once in a while but he's not making these really cool on time throws on the run anymore. He just I don't know. It's it's somebody's going to have to reinvent something quick or it's going to be I don't know what they're going to do because again, it's not like he apparently has some weird he says weird stuff and and he comes across to some as fake. I don't think he's a bad guy at all, but when you when you're not doing well and everybody's looking for reasons to criticize you and you're a little goofy, it's just its just <laughs> not adding up. It's just, it's just not adding up. Now, the first thing, they, look, Denver's got the same problem they've had for many, many, many years. Their offensive line is not good. It's just not good. So – and, and and now, you know, like a lot of people, they've got injuries on the offensive line. So when your offensive line is not a plus offensive line to begin with and then you get injuries, you got issues. No question about that. But, man, it is it is scary. It, it, is, it is scary, the whole Russell Wilson thing. Think about it. The Saints have serious questions about a quarterback. And as a Saints fan, if I asked you, would you trade for Russell Wilson right now? Forget about all the money part. I'm not talking about the money part and the long-term contracts and dead money and all that selliness. Would you you want to trade for Russell Wilson? I, I don't know that I could say yes, right? I don't think I could say yes. And right now, Andy Dalton is starting for me. Scary. All right, we'll take a timeout. When we come back, we'll talk LSU football with Cokie Riley, next on The Game.
0: Why doesn't Kevin Foote talk more basketball? Because it's in the best interest for his health
1: not to discuss basketball. I had to give up basketball to save my life. I cannot take basketball. It's way too subjective.
0: More footnotes coming up on The Game. 103.7 Lafayette and one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion Houston Astros. Before we get to our special guests, I want to remind you about the Christmas comes early sweepstakes where you could win a $500 Visa gift card. Thanks to Armentar Jewelers. All you have to do is join the Game Rewards Club by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today and it, that would put you in position to win, as I said, a $500 Visa gift card. It's that easy to get eligible. Christmas come early sweepstakes powered by Armantar Jewelers and the game, 103.7 Lafayette, one oh four one Lake Charles. All right, we have with us our friend Cokie Riley of the USA Today Network. How are you,
4: sir? Doing great. How's it going, Kevin?
1: Well, I was wrong anyway about what was going to happen against Arkansas, and I was really, really, really wrong on how the game was going to go against A&M. That was pretty shocking.
4: Yeah. Um, uh, I They got beat, and this wasn't a fluky loss. This wasn't, oh, they played poorly in the first half, turned around the second, and got screwed up by a bad call. They got... They simply got beat. Um, I think LSU was the better team to start the third quarter, but after that fumble, it, it, it went downhill way faster than even the first half went. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't want to say they came out flat and, and say stuff like that because I, I feel like some of that is is like is super cliche and, and not super observant of what actually what happened in the game. But I thought they got. Sort of beat down and, and tired. They looked beat down and tired at the line of scrimmage defensively, and on on an offense, there was a play there and a play here um, that could have, you know, produced a better performance than what they had. I thought they were okay offensively. I thought defensively was the reason why they lost that game, and um, the fact they just they just couldn't get off the field. And um, uh, A&M was converting third downs uh, mostly through third and shorts in the first half, and then the second half it, it was a little bit of everything and then they just start generating some bigger plays in the passing game after dominating with the run. And it was, it, it, it was, it was just seemed like a physical pounding and then um, and you get that. So it was, it was, it was shocking to say the least.
1: I think some people totally dismiss intangibles and I don't, I, I've been around sports too long to, to, to not to just ignore what I call circumstance games, but the, LSU's situation is fascinating. I'm I'm pretty convinced that if LSU needed that win to go to the SEC championship game, that the game would have went down a little differently. And yet, so that's on point number one. Point number two, they still had an outside chance, obviously, to get into the Final Four. And so it's like, on one hand, it was a game that didn't matter if you to, as far as going to the S C championship game, but on the in the bigger picture it did matter if you were gonna try to compete for the national championship. So how do you kind of figure all that out?
4: Yeah, um I, I think just before I answer that, I, I do wanna at least like note that I thought A and M played pretty well. Um uh, I, I know that's not like a terribly popular thing to say since since they've had such a bad season, but I did think they played very well especially on offense in this game um and I, I but like as for your question um yeah that is sort of tough to un, untangle and like if you are if you sort of wanted to put have an intangible reason as to why they lost this game i i just didn't think they respected their opponent but gardner sort of talked about this um yesterday that they went into that game thinking oh we're just going to we're gonna beat them when we show up and they're gonna roll over. Um, that's essentially what Mackay said. Um, is that true for maybe for every single guy on that team? Maybe not, but I, I could see that, you know, being something that sort of factored into their because it, it, into their psyche heading into that game because from all indications, it sounded like they prepared pretty well. They had another good week of practice heading into that week um coach kelly didn't think that the, that the group overall underestimated their opponent but i i, I think there were at least there, there had to be at least some guys who did i mean it's just a natural instinct to think that way it's hard to totally blame them for that um but i i don't think they sort of underestimated like say the the importance of the game and the implications of losing you know I, I don't think they underestimated that part i i just think they Uh, may or may not have underestimated their opponent, if anything.
1: Do do you buy – if you go back and look at the Arkansas game, they could have lost. They didn't play all that well. And, I mean, UAB is UAB. They did a good job of handling that situation. And then you look at this A&M game. Do you buy that they used all the emotion and everything in Alabama and now it's just kind of been a letdown and they're never going to get back to that level again?
4: Um, I think they're going to get us get back get back to that level this weekend. It's the SC championship game. They're playing the number one team in the country. I, it's it's hard to believe that they would just sort of lay an egg in a game like that. Um, maybe you're right. Uh, maybe that, not just the like the emotional um, uh, letdown of that. Maybe there's a physical letdown too, in the fact that this is just not a terribly deep roster, and they've played a, and a lot of guys have played a lot of snaps, especially on that defensive line. Um, and, and because of that sort of wear and tear, they're, they're just not physically there, um, and explosive at the way they were, say, even in the beginning of the year, or even a couple weeks ago, um, uh, that I can see, but I, I, I think they're going to get up for this game for sure. This is a championship game. I mean, if you're not getting up for this, then. What are you doing at LSU?
1: Well, it, it, so. it's not again. There's getting up, and then like you said before, that there's the physically. Are you able to 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 play at oh, a yeah. level good enough against a team that good for four quarters?
4: Yeah, yeah, that would be that that would be a fairly one of the many concerns. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things you can go over as potential pitfalls or concerns for LSU in this game, but this this is definitely toward the top of the list, right? I mean, if you look at defensive tackles and snaps played this season. I mean, Makai Wingo and Jaqueline Roy are right toward the top um, in the SEC. Uh, I did a little research on this just because we had them to put together our, all SEC teams, and I was sort of curious looking at that, and they've played as many snaps as almost anyone in the, in the in whole, uh, especially, it, not just the conference, but really the whole country in terms of just snaps played, and those are like the nuts, like that's very important positions in terms of, you know, taking on double teams and facing these really tough downhill rushing attacks. And, um, and you need to be able to stop the run, especially against a team like Georgia and, or, or heck even create some sort of pass rush, which Roy has been a little bit underrated with, um, this season. So, and you can look at a whole bunch of other oh, different positions, right? Like how many times have they, had, have they had to move guys around in the secondary? And usually it's the same You know, only the same five, six, or seven guys. Um, And then on the offensive line, they really only have six guys that they can really trust. Uh, I I can kind of go on, right? Tight end. um, They have a bunch of, like, uh, they're light on depth at a bunch of positions. And Brian Kelly knows that. Brian Kelly's talked about it a whole bunch of times. Um, And, yeah, like, as the season goes on, that's a thing that could bite you uh, in the butt eventually. And I think... It did a little bit against a and M for
1: sure. You know, the thing that, you know, Georgia's an interesting team in that they've been completely dominant. And they're the defending champion and they're number one and everybody thinks they're and yet offensively they're not really that fancy of a of a fan you know, this big fancy which you would think a number one defending champion would look like on offense. And yet when you look at what a&M had success with, it wasn't anything fancy, like you said. It was just lining up and running ball at people, which George has been doing for three or four decades really well. So uh, does that make it a worse matchup because for LSU in that they really aren't like this fancy passing offense?
4: Um, I mean, they've also had trouble with the fancy passing offense, right? The Texas-Tennessee game, I think, is a prime example of that. Uh, I think the fatigue thing that we just talked about would be a factor against a team that can just, you know, ram it down your throat like Georgia. But Georgia can also pass the ball. Like, that's not – this isn't um, Connor Wigman or Haynes King uh, in trying to trying to consistently, consistently complete passes, which they haven't done against anyone except for LSU. Uh, this is – I mean, this is a team that has a six foot seven, two hundred seventy pound tight end in Darnell Washington, who isn't even the best tight end on the team, uh, to go along with underrated wide receivers and a pretty good running back core, and a quarterback who knows, who kind of knows exactly what he's doing within the system, even even if he isn't going to necessarily drive winning for them, and also one of the best offensive lines in of the nation. Uh, so I, I, I th- they're more than just you know, line it up with Devon Chain and running up the middle in the eye, right? It's, it, there's, there's layers to it. I, it's a little bit of, um, it, it's a little bit more of a modernized version of the A&M's offense and A&M, one of the major problems with that offense. It's just not innovative enough. Um, I think there's enough innovation there, but what really how Georgia beats it is with their athletes. And uh, I can certainly see them doing that this Saturday.
1: All right, so if LSU doesn't pull off the big upset, where do you think they end
4: up? I think it's the Citrus Bowl. Um, I think Raleigh really Quest is on the table as well. But to me, it's, I, I just feel like they're going to be behind Alabama, Tennessee, and, and Georgia, of course. Georgia will be in the playoff, and then Alabama and Tennessee will be near six teams. And then, and then when it comes to the rest of the SEC teams, and that Citrus Bowl is probably – And and they got the pick of the letter of the Citrus Bowl, so um, I would probably take LSU, which made the SEC championship game, over all the other and and beat Alabama. I would probably take them over all the other options that are on the table for the SEC. If you if you really think about it, like they beat Mississippi State, so you're not going to take Mississippi State over them. The only other contender for that spot, I guess, I can't believe I'm saying this, it's probably South Carolina. uh, I I, I you know, the tough Carolina made a great push at the end of the year, but I don't know if they would necessarily take the Gamecocks over LSU. Uh, so it's it, – it, 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 I, I, you know, it could be interesting, but I, I would be surprised if it's not the Citrus Bowl.
1: And, you know, I think most of us thought, when, especially when LSU beat Alabama, that perhaps they were a little ahead of schedule. And it's also possible, getting back to – is it also possible that in the this this is kind of who we thought LSU was going to be?
4: Um, I still think they're a tad ahead of that just because uh, everyone said eight wins and even some people thought that was optimistic. And it just felt like a seven- or eight-win team. Um, it really, really felt like that when they lost to Florida State where it looked like they were going to have trouble even getting to seven. Um, so... I think they're still ahead of schedule. I mean, the fact that they made the SEC West championship game, that alone should tell us that they're ahead of schedule. And I know people are going to make me say that, oh, this is one of the worst years for the SEC West. Well, is the SEC West worse? Or is the the division just deeper and able to beat and a team like Alabama is able to lose more frequently, right? Or is the SEC East better and taking more wins than the SEC West, right? So I think those, like, those sort of factors need to be put into consideration when we talk about whether the SC West is that much worse. Um, it, like, sure, like, LSU is, in terms of just on paper talent, is, is worse than what the vast majority of SC West teams are when they make the SC Championship game, but they still made it. And I, I feel like that is something, um, regardless of whatever bowl they end up in. Um, especially if they win this week that would the, the, again like yeah still, that
1: would be tremendous still, yeah yeah
4: yeah like if there's still some 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 stuff to play for this season they they're you know the book hasn't fully been written um but i, I think if they yeah I, I i think regardless this has been they're they're ahead of schedule and, and this has been a very successful season as disappointing as last week was for sure and i understand that and i think fans should be disappointed but when you look at this roster and some of the holes, especially with some of the depth holes that this this, this team has, and the fact that they're not playing with 85 scholarship players, and the fact that they did, they had 39 scholarship players that Kelly took over a year ago today, actually, um, I, I I feel like when you can when you put in all the factors, you have to say that they're ahead of schedule. I, I I don't really see the case for them not. Yeah, to be- no,
1: there, there's no question they're ahead of schedule. But in terms of the level of football team, we thought going in that they were a football team that could lose to Arkansas, that could lose to Texas A&M. And then hmm. after beating Alabama, I don't think a lot of us thought they were that anymore. But but they still aren't, at, you know, maybe quite as far from that team that was capable of losing to those teams. But in terms of the big picture, there's no question they're ahead of schedule. All right, one more off-the-wall off the, um, question for you from earlier on the show and a previous show. Have, do you ever put french fries in a milkshake?
4: No, I, this is a this is a thing that people do though, right? I've never actually really tried this. Um, is it used as just a dip, or do you like put it in the blender? I it, it's just. A I mean, dip, you, it's right? just like
1: instead of ketchup, you're putting it in ice cream.
4: Okay, I can see how that works. Um, I don't do it personally, but I, I wouldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't uh, judge anyone who does it to be honest. I, I think it's uh, interesting invention. How about that?
1: That that's that's a good PC answer. I like that one. Good job. <laughs> good job. <laughs> all right, so honestly, well,
4: I have not tried it so I can't Yeah, like, you you I can't try like, try it, it maybe between now so,
1: and next week if you get a chance and we'll we'll we'll, we'll see if you like it.
4: All right, we'll do.
1: All right. Thank you. Koki Thank you. <laughs> Riley. <laughs> I like throwing curveball questions at that. Uh I'm sure there are a lot of people that have never tried it. And the only reason I do the Frosty thing is because my wife and daughters do it. And so they said, try it. I'm like, well, it's not bad. I, I've done it since then multiple times. So I'm, I, I think it's good. But I just love Frosties. I don't know why. I just love them. Anyway, let's take a time out. Shift gears. Cajun basketball with UL Director of Ops slash Assistant Coach. Whatever you want to call him. Mike Murphy. Next on the game
0: it's not uncommon here on footnotes for kevin foot's voice and his blood pressure to rise rapidly during the show the fat guys like you and me need to be watching mop-up time just like the stores do sometimes it rises a little too high that is stupid stupid not to worry, we have EMT standing by just in case foot passes out. Back, Back to, to more footnotes footnote. on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you, World Cup is back. If you would like to watch it, Delta Media's got you covered. Telemundo Lafayette, free over the air, KLWB Channel 50.3 or Cox Channel 19. For our Lake Charles listeners, you can catch the World Cup on Telemundo Lake Charles, free over the air, Channel 19.2 or Link Channel 137. The World Cup. If you want to follow all the exciting action, Delta Media's got you covered. All right, let's go back to the game hotline and talk to UL Director of Operations slash Assistant Coach Mike Murphy. How are you, sir?
3: Good morning, Kevin. I'm great, thank you.
1: Well, that was a good, nice performance last night. It was pretty obvious, or it seemed that way, that the team was, you know, not totally happy with how they performed in Iowa and jumped out to a 14 14 to nothing lead. And Jordan Brown looked like he was on a mission in the first half.
3: He did. And uh, we knew that our size was going to be an advantage against Loyola. Not Loyola is a very good basketball team. They won the national championship last year at the NAI level. So they got scholarship guys. And um, we've got a lot of respect for them. They're very well coached. It's why we like playing them because we always know that they're going to give us their best effort. But Jordan in the – uh, early part of the first half uh, you know it was our it was our intent to uh, try to get him the ball as close to the basket as we possibly could because we thought we did have a size advantage and when they didn't double him or when they weren't able to double him because of his movement you know he, uh, he was able to score kind of at will and, and that helped us get out to the 14 to nothing lead
1: as far as the um last week's road trip um you know, um, gutsy effort and and just hung in there and hung in there and was able to beat SMU and got off to the slow start at Drake, who's obviously a very good team. But what is that that whole experience of being on the road? What did you think that did for you all that could help you down the road?
3: Well, it toughens you up a little bit. I mean, last week, both games you said were on the road. We were basically on the road almost all week. We left on Monday. Played on Tuesday in Dallas against SMU, bust back, got back at around 5 o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday morning. Game Wednesday off, Thursday was Thanksgiving, game prep, left again on Friday, first thing in the morning. You go to Des Moines and then played on Saturday. So I think it it, it toughens you a little bit and gives you some experience on how to manage time, really, um, when you're going to play consecutive road games. And when you get into the tournament, you don't have the travel situation. But you do have, you know, quick turnarounds and you're playing a different opponent. So there's a lot of challenges you have challenges you have to overcome. And for the most part, I thought we did that. Um, but it's also just the way the schedule played out. That's the only day Drake could play. That's the only day Essendon you could play. You know, we would prefer not to play two road games. We've got to take a flight back-to-back. But that's the way the schedule worked out.
1: Um. Terrence Lewis, I mean, he just continues to impress. He got seventeen rebounds last night. That just doesn't happen all that often in, in basketball games. No, it doesn't. And um, <laughs> in twenty-five you know, minutes, you can rebound the ball? Go ahead. He did it in twenty-five minutes. Yeah,
3: no. I mean, the only way you can rebound the ball is you got to go get the ball. It's not going to come to you. You have to chase the basketball, and we're
5: constantly on
3: these guys in practice. About chasing the ball. Don't stand. Uh, don't die in a blockout. Move your feet. Spin. Do something, but, but go after the basketball. And he does a pretty good job of that. And I, I, he's a very mature player. He's in his fifth year. He's a grad transfer. He's got a pretty good basketball IQ. And um, he's got an act of getting in the right place at the right time. Now, a lot of that is is because of Jordan Brown. A lot of times, guys are doubling off of Terrence because he's our four player, he's our power forward onto Jordan. So there's a lot of times that Terrence has a free reign or a free run to the basket to try to rebound the basketball. And if he doesn't, he's going to guard trying to block him out on the backside, which can be challenging you know, for that team's guard. It's also challenging for us when we go crap the ball and have to block out somebody with one of our guards. So he's a benefit of Jordan being on the floor offensively where he's able to you know, get the basketball because he doesn't have somebody blocking him out his same size or his same position because that player is generally – Going to double Jordan, so he's a benefit. He's a benefactory of that. But, but the bottom line is you got to go with the basketball. And you know this name. I know this name. Wes Unseld, which nobody else knows this name. At six five, maybe six six. Would you say maybe was probably the greatest rebounder in NBA history. Um, because at his size, he just was relentless in his pursuit of the ball. And and Terrence can can do that as well. And you know we expect more from him to to do that in, in these coming games, and he can do more. Um, and and, and uh, that's a point of emphasis for us every day of
1: practice. All right, we're speaking with UL Director of Operations Mike Murphy. The Cajuns are off to a six and one start, very encouraging. Picked to win the league, and the two things that that I like about this team, where I think that it, it gives me hope that all of that uh, preseason stuff can can materialize, is one. I think you're more consistent at the point guard position. Themis kind of got got caught in the air a few times last night. But the combination of Themis and Michael Thomas, they've made a lot of progress. And talk about those two.
3: They really have. And we've got some stability at that position. We like both Mike and Themis. Um, Both brings a little bit different type of game. Mike is very good at getting that ball into the lane, jumping up like on a pogo stick. He's got great vertical, uh, and he can shoot over guys. Uh, Themis is really good at finishing at the basket. Uh, Mike's got a very good three-point shot. Um, both guys, we think, can do a pretty good job of heating up the basketball. Um, we're always trying to get better at that, especially from that position. But we're, we're very fortunate to have both of those guys, and, and both brings, like I said, a little something different to the game when, when, when they come in or when they're on the floor. And and that's a, That's a position going into this previous offseason that we needed to address. And Mike played really, really well at the end of last year. Really well. And uh, Themis was a junior college All-American, so so we think we're solid at that spot.
1: Do you kind of see, depending on the style of team you're going to play once you get into conference play, like it seems like there might be some teams where Mike might fit a little better and maybe get more minutes, and then other teams and other matchups where Themis might need to play more minutes. Do you see that or yeah, not? I mean, that can happen.
3: Yeah, you know that, that that can happen, but but neither one really from a size type of situation from a size advantage, neither one really has a size advantage over the other. Um, Mike's probably a little bit more athletic than Themis, a little quicker, a little faster. Themis is a little bit stronger in the upper body. So from a size differential, there really isn't isn't any plus or minus to either player. Um, the athleticism can come into play a little bit, especially if you're trying to, to guard people full court. And um, but but no, we're happy with both of them. I don't know what's going on here, but I think the entire Lafayette uh, Fire Department is going by my window. I don't know if Tony Jones is in the area or not. But he might
1: know. be. I'll I, I blame it on him for sure. All right, so the second yeah. thing that I really like, <laughs> the second thing I really like is Greg Williams seems so much more comfortable this year than he did last year. Just talk about his progress and where he is, and and, and it just seems like his performances have been pretty encouraging so far.
6: They
3: have been again at the end of last year, especially in the conference tournament. He played really well. He's playing his best at the end of the year, which is you want, which is what you want all you guys to be doing. It's his second year in the program. I think he's a little bit more comfortable. You know, last year we um, we we tried to play him at the point some early in the season, and it just didn't take. It just wasn't his his, his natural position that, that complemented his abilities. And he's much more comfortable at the two and three spot. He's a little undersized at the three, but in our league. Um, his athleticism, his strength, his skill set plays really well at the three spot. And he's had a lot of success early on this year at the three. He can slide over to the two as well. But he's a tremendous athlete. He's got um, great upper body strength. He's got good foot speed. He can guard a guy bigger than him because of his uh, because of his strength. He can guard someone smaller because of his athleticism. And um, he's got a, a diverse skill set where he can beat you from the perimeter. He can beat you off the dribble. He can play at the rim. So we're very fortunate to have him. He's, he's a mature young man. He's one of the leaders on the team. He's our cap, one of our captains for a reason, and and he's been a pleasure to be around. He's very coachable. So so Greg is a, a total package when you talk talk about a student athlete on and off on and off the court. But I think being in the program for the second year, not having to worry about the point, the responsibilities of a point guard position, um, have freed him up a little bit mentally, which frees you up athletically, and I think he's taken advantage of that.
1: The other thing that was not so good last night, you know, uh, Joe Charles hit four threes. He was on fire. I don't know that I've ever seen anybody. You have two guys who make threes in um, in Kentrell Garnett and Joe Charles, who have very unique shooting styles. I, I don't even know how you duplicate what what, what they do.
3: Yeah, um, you know, Joe's got a little bit of a push shot. It's not a it's a, it's a little flat, but it goes in. So if it ain't broke, don't try to fix it. Right. And his length allows him to do that. Kentrell's got a really good release, and um, you know he he kind of shoots the ball. Now, don't don't everybody go crazy on this, but it, it, if you look at Steph Curry, the way Steph Curry shoots the ball, it's a bit of a push shot because yeah. of his size. And Kentrell kind of does that same thing. Um, now I'm not con- comparing him to Ken, to Steph Curry, but what I'm saying is the mechanics of the shot right. are very similar. A lot of times you'll see that with, not smaller guards, because Cantrell's close to 6'3". He's kind of wiry. Steph Curry's kind of the same way. But he's got a really good release. He extends the defense, so he doesn't have to get a lot of lift on his jump shot uh, from the three-point line because of our ability to to stretch defenses. Now, when he gets into the paint, he's able to jump up and get some lift uh, to get off that mid-range shot. You know, He did that against against Drake a couple times and, and was very successful. Um, he did it against SMU a couple times. Uh, so so both shots are, are, aren't are what you would call textbook, but it's all about the release. And and, and I remember I used to work at John Wooden's basketball camps when I was in college. And, um, you know, he said, I really don't care what your shot looks like. I'm more concerned about the release. And it's it, it's the last thing that's mechanically done with the shot. It really doesn't matter, you know about all this other stuff, the foot, the elbow, the hips, all that sort of stuff, because if he's got a good release, the shot's got a chance to go in. And both of those guys have great releases. And what I mean by that is that when it leaves their hand, they've got good rotation with their wrist, they hold their follow-through, they finish their shot, and because of that, they're shooting a very high high percentage.
1: No question. They're going to, you're going to need down the stretch, there's going to be games where Jordan Brown's not going to score 20-something points. And you're going to need other well, people to score game. 10 or 12 points. I mean, you're going to need guys yeah, to – Yeah, look at them. Right.
3: Yeah, the Drake game is a great example of that. You know, they doubled Jordan. And, and Drake's a very good basketball team. They're probably going to be in the top 25 here um, within the next two or three days. And, um, you know, Jordan really struggled offensively because they're always throwing two guys at him. We had several good looks in the first half um, that that just didn't go in. You know, we were four from 24 from three-point line. And they weren't great. They were eight for 26, but we're four for 24. Right. And we're down by four with a minute and a half to go in the game after being down by at one point by 18 or something like that. So, no, the, both of those guys have to shoot the ball. Jalen Delcourt's another young man who's a great athlete. Uh, Lafayette uh, product from Lafayette High. And, and – uh, you know, he's got a great jump shot, great athleticism. He's another guy that can stretch the defense. Greg Williams, you know, has a really good good shot. So we've got several guys who can shoot the ball from the perimeter and take some pressure off of Jordan when teams decide to to really pack the lane and, and make it as hard as heck for him to score. Um, but when they get their opportunity, they've got to shoot an efficient shot at, a, at an efficient percentage. It's not about volume. It's about quality versus quantity. And uh, we're, we're pretty comfortable with what we have on the perimeter.
1: All righty, sir. Well, I appreciate your time as always. Congratulations on the great start and look forward to the, to, to, to the coming weeks. It's going to get more and more fun as football season fades into basketball season uh, at the Cajun Dome this year. Thank you very much.
3: Thanks, Kevin. Go Cajuns.
1: All right, UL assistant coach Mike Murphy. We'll take a timeout. Come back, finish out the first hour next on the game. Welcome back. I want to remind you the McNeese Coaches Show is tonight, as always, from Maplewood Burgers. And it's sponsored by Lana Bed out of Westlake and Southwest Louisiana Law Center. Our friend Jim Gozolo will be talking all things cowboys with head coach Gary Goff as they go into the recruiting season, coming off a winning streak to end the season. Lots of good thoughts there. Again, tonight, 6 o'clock, the McNeese Coaches Show right here on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You know, if Jim was in here right now, I'd be asking him, what do you think of Jose Abreu? Uh, he's a White Sox fan, so I'm sure he has some pretty specific thoughts about Jose Abreu. Getting a little up in age. He's going to be 36 by opening day, and uh, we'll see how that plays out. But he's one of those guys – who's a what I call a baseball player. You know, Yuli. you know, I gave him from the one of the first times I saw him play and a guys a professional hitter. And he any he, any he, and he is a professional hitter and I, Jose Abreu is a professional hitter. So they replace a professional hitter with a professional hitter. I kind of like that approach. That's 1 hour down, another hour to follow,
0: stay tuned. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foot.
1: Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion Houston Astros. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111 now is a good time to call in if you want to comment on Saints, NFL, college basketball, Cajuns men and women both played yesterday and college football. We talked with Koki Riley uh in the last hour about LSU and that kind of surprising kind of dud performance against Texas A&M and um and then heading into this weekend, well, it's just a weird thing of emotions. Like no one expected LSU to be playing for the SEC championship, and they are, but it's in a week where you're still trying to wrap your mind around that awful performance in College Station. So it's just strange. And so any thoughts that you have on any of that, certainly feel free to call. And, again, we will be talking high school football in the next segment. But before and after that, If you would like to get in the hotline, it'd be a good time to do so. All right, let's go to the hotline. And, you know, I'm not even worried that he's going to call and try to throw stuff in my face um, because he's a good guy. Hello, Dwight.
6: What's going on, Brother Cal?
1: Oh, man, it is just, you know, it was a – you got to admit, if you were a Saints fan in that game, that the frustration would be at a pretty much an all-time high. I mean, they could not get a break in that game.
5: To be honest with you, Kevin, I didn't even call you Monday because when I heard how you was cutting up, I said, man, I'm not calling him. I'm going to let him chill for a little while. Then I'm going to call him on Wednesday when he cooled on. But it was frustrating for me too because we couldn't do nothing either. And I was like, after Jimmy threw the pick, I said, they're going to beat us. Because I thought, I don't know where he was throwing that. And then when they did the replay, they showed the hole. But, you know, I I mean, I know how you say we'd be cheating and all that. I, I really don't know. But I still don't, I still don't know how it's not in this. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the rules, deep rules like you know them. But. I don't know because I know Jimmy. Jimmy gonna throw one, but I don't know. You know, I mean, I don't know, Cal. I mean, I I know it's frustrating because my brother's some Saints fans and they was mad and and I, like I said, look, I don't I don't know the rules. I I don't know all the rules like some people do. They got too many rules, Kevin. Wow. Uh, yeah, they had yeah, one. They ridiculous. had one way where, where they pick up the flag. It was no holding. Then when they said it was holding. The guy on the TV says not holding, so I, I don't know.
1: It, 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 Like I said, the whole thing is frustrating. But I was shocked that didn't – I mean, I couldn't – there's no way I could see a scenario where y'all were going to run for under 100 yards in that game. I mean, the Rams ran for 150, and they don't even know how to run the football, the Rams.
5: Well, Kevin, if you go through the history, y'all, well, the Saints and the 49 always play a good game, yeah. Think about it. Every I, I hate playing y'all, cause it's just is this something about when they play? we I don't know. It's just we can't do nothing. And I ain't gonna lie, man. Y'all was on Jimmy all all day long. Y'all played a perfect game defensively. While offensively, I I don't, I, I don't know. I know you don't like the quarterback. Well, they got it. They had they, they had some shots down the field. He just didn't take them, cause we didn't get to him like talking about it till the second half. But he had time to throw. And y'all receivers was beating our secondary. I was worried about that too, but you know, I mean I, I really don't know what I, I don't know what he's seen down the field. I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? That
1: that's a game where if Jameis was playing and playing well, I think he, he could have really he could have really made some now, good plays.
5: Yeah, yeah, he, he was gonna field. make yeah. our secondary yeah. peak. I I, I, but, I, uh, I think that's uh, our, that's our just, problem, our secondary. Yeah, just Front seven good but a secondary Teams that can throw, that's where we're gonna have a problem with it. If our pass rush don't uh, get to that, but Kevin, what y'all? I was talking to my brothers on like, what y'all gonna do with the quarterback? Like, what, what y'all going to draft? Or are you trying to get a veteran? I sure hope not. I mean, they, they they don't want what y'all got. They feel, but what you think? Well, no.
1: I mean, I, I they gotta they gotta they gotta guess right on on one of these veterans. I mean, they they i I think they need like Seattle for whatever reason gets right on Gino is he's having a really nice season and he's still young enough to to be their quarterback for for a while They've got a hit on one of these veterans who have been around hadn't done a whole lot i I, I just don't even want to mess with a rookie. i hate having rookie quarterbacks, because then you gotta You're go still through got all... a
5: shot though Kevin, I think y'all gonna beat
3: Tampa yet. Yeah.
1: Well we normally play if they think? if they beat Tampa I think they got a realistic shot, but they and they normally play well against them they lost to them early, but the officials took over that game so if the officials can stay out of the way uh I think they got a, just as good a chance of beating Tampa as vice versa so if they win that game Monday then then yeah we can we can talk no
5: now one more question before I hang up Kevin. I know you be saying the Niners cheat and all that be honest the game what you thought? You thought it was a, a even game from today. I mean, I, I thought it was even. I just thought y'all had some breaks that y'all missed or what,
3: whatever. But what
5: well, you think? again, when, it,
1: when, when I call you the cheaters, nothing to do with what's going on with this team. The cheating took place in the 80s and 90s. I mean, it was really bad. But now, do I think there were some bad calls in this game? Absolutely. I mean, again, there's no way you can convince me uh, West Chandler didn't catch that ball. That was a catch. Um,
5: no, nah, I ain't gonna lie. I thought it was. A yeah, pitch. that's a catch. I, I mean, know, that's I just simple. That's more. that's
1: the NFL. That that's not the officials. That's just the NFL being stupid. But um, you know, it it it, it it's just if you go there, the, when 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 they grab the face mask, it's not gonna be called, and when the Saints grab the faceball mask, it's gonna be called. That's just the way it is. I mean, it, it's but just you, I but, just but it just frustrated. But you
5: remember when he caught the ball? That was a catch. But you remember the. The play, A couple of plays before, at like the 50-yard line, and it looked like he dropped it, but the Saints hurry up and ran the play, but Shanahan didn't throw, throw, throw no challenge. You remember that? Yeah. Now, I felt that wasn't a catch.
1: I think I if, think, nah, I think, think nah, they the tried.
5: Was, but the other one wasn't. They, 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 they got it. They fly. Right, now, right. That's what I see.
1: I thought there were they weren't equal but they as long as you make a few makeup calls I'm normally pretty good with it and they try now I don't think they were equal this time but they 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 you know they um they called the touchdown back so it it, it wasn't a uh, you know as bad as it, it used to be but it was just still very frustrating I appreciate the yeah, call
5: but if y'all wouldn't have fumbled at that goal line, oh. Kevin, I was I was nervous because then y'all was down by six. So, yes, I mean that that, that But
1: that's on the your, biggest problem your, uh, is the Saints have an idiot kicker who can't do easy things like make field goals. But anyway, yeah. Thanks for the call, sir. You hang in there. Okay, thank Kevin, you. Thank Take you. care. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello.
6: Good morning, Kevin. Good morning. Man, uh, somebody was long-winded. Uh, I was getting worried. That was going to get cut off. You went to break. Kevin, uh, okay, this, this ice cream and french fries, you don't partake in that,
1: huh? I, I have put, I, I don't ever in a shake because I don't ever eat shakes with french fries, but I have put in french fries in a Wendy's Frosty before and thought it was uh, good, yeah.
6: Kevin? Okay, all right. I mean, I just ran these french fries, they rank right up there, and I like a good Frosty, but man, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I hate to ruin either either with, uh, you know, taking a I guess you can dip it and check it out. Okay, Kevin. Man, you know, it's a rough weekend. I, I know many times things lose, it's rough, but, you know, the Tigers, one of the biggest eggs the Tigers have laid in a long time. It's been a while, you know. Uh, so it, it, my take is they disappeared. Okay, Kevin, this is one thing. One running back carrying the ball 38 times and and dominating is kind of unusual in a college football game. Yeah. You, know, you know, you know normally it's a two, you know, he have the two back system and so on and so forth. So that's one thing that I was just I just couldn't believe. Now listen, six is good. I've been watching him, you know, all season early in the year when he wasn't banged up and picked up. This cat is for real. He's as fast as they come. Very good running back. But also, he wasn't still back back 100%, allegedly. That's very unusual. I do kind of think that the number of snaps that the tackles, the inside guys have been taking, D line in general, you know, not, you know, with the losing of the big boy at the beginning of the season, has, you know, I think that has taken somewhat of a toll. But it's, uh, and, and listen, Kevin, you know this as well as I do. It's, very difficult. And the people who have that are not involved in around the, the game and coach the game, play the game, so on, and so forth. Very difficult to to get your team to play at top performance every single week in a football season. It's just so hard. It's so grueling, you know. And and like you, like you, you and Koki are talking about since the Alabama game, I mean it's just been really too dud. Lackluster performances. One against Arkansas, the big board plays against Arkansas. The quarterback, I think, I mean, obviously, it's pretty, pretty good chance they lose that game, and then this one. So uh, I'm not sure exactly what's going on. I think it just shows that you know they overachieve. They're not really at championship level at this time. And and you know, I mean, it's great, it's wonderful to be right there at number five, but. I mean, I I never. The whole time people say, "Oh, we can we get in the college football playoff," and I was like, "No, man. I I know you can, but I just it shows that yellow shoes not quite there yet." I mean, obviously not. But you weren't supposed to be,
1: so there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, uh, again, they 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 in good shape. Uh, You know, I know. Look, anytime you lose to Dopey, it's it's rough. But but, I mean.
6: you know, it's like anything else. When you get right there on the edge, you're so yeah. close to it, and then you drop a game to, you know, a team that's, man, a and m just been playing horrifically. I mean, it'd be UMass 20-3 the week before, and it was a 10-3, 13-3 game going into the fourth quarter. UMass is arguably the worst team in the country. So, I know it's hard for people to understand, hard for me to understand, but, you know, it, it, peak performance is very difficult, and I don't care what you the mindset is is very important, especially in the game of football. And I just think it was a bad combination of all those things. You know? No, I understand. I want, so, one one know, more I question, Manny. Better.
1: One one more question. Did you, you like the Jose Abreu you pick up?
6: Oh yeah, I mean I, I I agree with you. I mean the guy's a he's just a he's a hitter. He's a professional hitter. I mean he's going to come in a few very sure, he's going to come in and hit near 300 and, you know, do all the things that we need him to do. I, you know, I, I wasn't completely sure that Yuli was done. I just think he has diminished. And I think Abreu is definitely a step up. uh And, uh yeah, I, I think. Okay, What about pitching? You think we're done with pitching? I don't. I don't think you need to sign. Bro. I don't want to give Verlander $40
1: dollars. I don't. I don't. I I thought Verlander might come, but now I don't think he's gonna. And they'll be fine I with
6: pitching. Either. I'm not you, worried you about think pitching. We're gonna
1: try to sign another pitcher, another so starter, or what I, you I say, I, you think? I heard I heard someone. I heard one of these guys say that the Astros are looking at Jacob DeGrom. I'm thinking, are you crazy? I don't, oh, see, I don't see yeah. that happening. No, no I guess I it's think, always possible think. they could pick up one, but I, I think they got enough. Yeah. Pitching. yeah.
6: Okay. All right, Cam. All man, right. We'll go with it, man. Thank, Thank
1: you. you. We'll take a timeout. Come back. Shift gears. Talk high school football with Turling's Catholic head football coach Dane Chaponche next. Stay
0: tuned. <laughs> You can call in and say Pete Rose deserves to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. You can call and proclaim that the Houston Astros were the only team that stole signs. Just know this, Foot will disagree with you. Call into Footnotes with Kevin Foot at 337-706-0111. Back to more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. All right, we have with us Turling's Catholic head football coach, Dane Chaponche. How are you, sir?
7: Good. How you doing, Cal?
1: Have you ever wanted to play in a noon weekday football game so bad in your whole life? <laughs>
7: uh, no, I haven't, to be honest with you. Um, I, I think it's crazy that... that the, they ask high school kids to play for the state championship at noon. I mean, whoever made that do, whoever made that deal up never met a high school kid, I can tell you that. <laughs> they they not awake at noon.
1: <laughs> but that's the goal, and you you're gonna play. Turling's Catholic is gonna host uh Lafayette Christian on Friday. And I know you are in the middle of game planning and recovering from illness and uh, you know, got so much on your mind right now you probably won't be able to appreciate that the the fun atmosphere that's going to be Friday night but it it should be a really fun atmosphere
7: yeah i think anytime you got a semifinal game between two teams from the same city uh you know it should be a great crowd it should be a great atmosphere and uh really excited that you know the kids get to compete in that type of deal it's it's going to be fun
1: you played them in October, and it was a really close game, like most of us thought. And you made the big play at the end, and y'all were able to force turnovers. And is it how tr- I've always thought it was really tricky for the coaching staff that won the first game in a rematch? Because you know you you want things to stay the same, but you know everything's not going to be the same. And so how do, how do you go about game planning when you're in that scenario?
7: Yeah, well, like you said, the first game I think we were able to create a lot of turnovers. Um that's not something you can necessarily count on all the time. So we gotta figure out how to get stops and uh not not many people have gotten stops against these guys. You know, uh the quarterback that they have, Juwan Johnson's an incredible high school athlete. He he does an unbelievable job and they make a lot of explosive plays and um you know the thing about their offense, uh it kind of reminds you a little bit of, of Patrick Mahomes on the NFL level. You know, he just makes the play last so much longer than what you're used to. And I think sometimes defenses get accustomed to a play lasting maybe four or five seconds, and then you play this guy and the, and the play can last anywhere from, from seven, eight, even ten seconds. You know, just he uses athleticism to extend plays and – and then he has great arm strength to get the ball, uh, you know, a long ways down the field. So we're going to have to find a way to make stops. Uh, hopefully we can create some turnovers. And, uh, you know, and then offensively, we've got to cash in the red zone. The first first time we played them, uh, I think we missed two field goals and had another empty trip. So uh, definitely red zone offense is going to be a huge deal in the game.
1: You know, I saw their game against uh, McDonough Thirty Five, uh, and they can really throw. By the way, did you see the arm of that quarterback from McDonough Thirty Five? Did you watch that? I mean, that cat out of
7: cannon. Yeah, you anyway. uh, well, um, can spin it too. Um,
1: but is it really like not given? Is one of the, is step number one to like not give? I mean, they can get a 70, 80 yard touchdown pass and and almost make it look easy. I mean, I don't know. You know. Is that like the number one thing you got to try to limit the amount of long touchdown passes you give up?
7: Well, but and there's so many different ways they can do it. So I mean, obviously they're a big vertical passing team. They're gonna run vertical routes, and uh, he does a good job of hitting those vertical routes. But also, it's like I said earlier, it's when he extends the play. Those those receivers that he has really do a great job of of working with him whenever he does extend the play. And they do a great job of finding open areas. But, you know, it's a big difference, too. Like I said earlier, some teams, the open area is 10 to 15 yards down the field. These guys can can get 30 yards down the field and work horizontal into open areas, and he can put an ornament on a line from 30 yards, maybe even further. And so just a very unique skill set that they present on offense. And then defensively, you know, I think they're one of the top defenses in the state. they very, very big in the front seven, very athletic in the back end, and uh, just don't give you anything easy, make you earn everything. So it's a huge challenge, and uh, I think our kids are ready. You know, our kids understand how big the game is, and um, it should be a great fight.
1: Y'all have a very big play offense, too. You have one of the state's most electric receivers. You have a really good quarterback who's made a ton of big plays this year. When I saw you earlier this season, the running game wasn't quite what you wanted to be. If you need to possess the clock, how much more able are y'all to do that now, Uh, especially if you would get a lead in the second half than you were, say, five or six weeks ago?
7: Yeah, I think our offensive line is, has come a long way since the beginning of the year. Uh, you know, we, uh, we we had some struggles for sure running the football. Um, we found a few really good change of pace backs that we can use. And, uh, you know, I think we've gotten better every week. Now, I mean, obviously it's all relative. The opponent really matters. So, um, like I said a while ago, uh, LCA's front seven is, I think, a little bit a step above from what we've been seeing um, and so we're going to have to play really well uh, up front to, to get those guys uh, moved around a little bit and create some space to run the ball.
1: They put up 70 on an undefeated De La Salle team, so was it the deep path? That's,
7: that's, hey, that's not good if they listening to you. Huh? <laughs> they, scored, they scored too much. <laughs>
1: This ain't baseball, unfortunately for you. But um <laughs> but 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 was it the deep passing or what is it that De La Salle when you watch film just didn't have an answer for that y'all gotta be able to come up with
7: one on? Well, they didn't have an answer for number seven, uh, the quarterback. Whether well, he was running the football, uh throwing the ball down the field, and then really and truly they they couldn't cover the receivers down the field either. Um there was a lot of broken tackles in the secondary. Uh, there was a lot of guys running wide open in the secondary. And then, uh, you know, they have a few really good option schemes where if you don't, if you don't have a player assigned to the quarterback on, on some of their option schemes, then he can go the distance. And, um, you know, I think De La Salle was very strong up the middle, um, did a really good job of stopping the inside run. But uh, I think De La, I mean, I think um, L.C. really take advantage of him on the edges with the option game and then the vertical passing game. Um, and even, you know, even when they threw it intermediate, the guys would break tackles, make people miss, and, and go to distance. I mean, very rarely, I think only twice out of those 70 points, I think only twice they really drove the ball. Everything was explosive plays. Everything was from a long ways away. So, you know, that, that's what you got to try to stop. You got to try to make them drive the ball. Hopefully, make a mistake, uh, maybe create a turnover, and, and try to try to try to do your best.
1: Your kids have not been on this level, and yet you come from a district where you play semifinal level football teams and games with pressure all year long in this district, and and even last year. I mean, I was joking with uh, Shane uh, yesterday. You know Karen Crow leaves the district and they're still playing. They just knocked off a number one seat on the road and you're replace him with LCA who's obviously still playing. So are you worried about that part because lCA's kids have been at this level or playing in the district and the schedule you play it kind of takes care of that, do you think?
7: yeah no i don't I don't think so. I mean the the environment um for the SCM game this year, the environment for the lCA game this year. I think like you said it was both semi final level games you know and uh and, and that includes the crowd and the environment so I think it might be a notch above but it won't be much um you know our our district has been special for a while and uh we we're, we're trying to we're trying to uh become the I guess that would be the fifth state champion out of the district in the last few years
1: so if I was going to you know Obviously y'all have had a tremendous season, but what's the main thing as you're about to play for a trip to the Superdome that maybe y'all've done even a little better than you were hoping that y'all could get to before the season started?
7: Um I think it's a two-way deal. You know, it's the it's the turnover margin. Um on one side, we've we've done a really good job of creating turnovers and that's that's certainly one of some ball games for so, I mean the, the first lCA game is probably the biggest example and then you know on on the other side of the ball we've really limited um we we haven't turned the ball over much at all and the only the only exception is the 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 loss to SCM where we had three turnovers and you know I, I think that's been the biggest difference this year is uh being I, I don't have the number in front of me but I think we're somewhere around plus 12, plus 15 in the turnover margin through uh, 12 games.
1: It certainly makes a big difference. Now, I always have to ask you a, a non-Turlings question. So, as you're watching the Saints on Sunday, I don't, <laughs> I don't know that you really um, enjoy watching Andy Dalton play kind of like I don't. So, if you were to coach, what would you do at the Saints quarterback position?
7: Well, I think, you know, me and you kind of discussed it uh earlier in the year whenever whenever james got hurt you know and, and andy Dalton kind of showed that he's not the not maybe not the guy I, I don't know why and look i'm a high school coach so uh, you know i don't really understand that league but all i know is when taysom hill takes a snap a lot of good things can happen and uh I don't know why that guy hasn't been given a shot to be the full-time quarterback. You know, you don't have to run him ten times a game, but I think he can throw the ball well enough. I mean, you look at what Baltimore has done with Lamar Jackson. Uh, they they won a lot of they won a lot of games in the NFL with a with a so-called college offense. And I just think Taysom Hill's a winner. I think he'll I think he can find a way to win
1: righty, sir. Well, I appreciate your time as always and uh, look forward to Friday night. I know y'all are and, and good luck and it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, Is the weather going to be good?
7: Yeah, I think the weather's supposed to be really, really good. Uh, mild temperatures and no rain in sight.
1: That's perfect. I appreciate it, sir. Good luck to y'all. Thank you very much.
7: All right. Thanks, Kev.
1: All right. turlin's Catholic head football coach, Dane Chaponche. I mean, that, it should be a whale of an atmosphere. I mean, you just can't ask. You know, I was thinking, I, I wouldn't add the game. I, I I don't remember who I was covering that night, but back in 04, was it Karen Crow? maybe? I had a, St. Thomas Moore played Northside to go to the state championship. And so we've had a, some other matchups that were similar to this where you had two parish teams playing each other to go to the Dome, STM, and in Acadiana one year. And so it, it is special, like like Dane said. And, and this is a great – and it and it's, it's you know, this district, we've been bragging about and talking about it since we first saw that it was a district. And it's even been a leave, even a little better on a state perspective than, than I think most of us even thought. I mean, North American was in the state quarterfinals. And there's a whole different lesson there that I don't have time to get to there. But – no, it it's it's gonna it should be quite a quite an atmosphere Friday night at Turlins. We'll take a timeout, come back on the game, Southwest Mizzou- Southwest Louisiana sports station. I don't know where that came from. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion, Houston Astros.
0: Are you fluent in footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. The Lil MVPs. The Little MVPs. Now, a Major League Baseball team that struggles to win games despite having multiple MVP winners on its roster. Also known as the Los Angeles Angels. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. On the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game. Want to tell you if you or remind you if you have not joined the game clubhouse 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Uh now is a great time to do it where you could win a $150 gift certificate to Mister Lesser's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou and also put you in 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 position to win great prizes like christmas comes early so the game clubhouse it's free it's simple so sign up today the game clubhouse 1037 the or 1041 the all right again appreciate dane coming on we had shane on yesterday and again if you have not. Uh, If you've been, you know, busy with life and everything else going on and you haven't looked, uh, there are seven Acadiana-area teams left in the high school football playoffs, state semifinal round. Four of those um, six games, because two are playing one another, we just talked about it, Turlings and LCA, of the seven teams, that's six games, four of them are going to be here locally. Karen Crow is hosting Brother Martin. On Friday night, and again, you can hear that game right here uh, on our family of stations, Z1059. Turlings, as we just talked to, uh, to Dane, uh, will be hosting Lafayette Christian. Tonight should be a great uh, rematch. Uh, when they played in October, Turlings won 21-17 to on a Bradford Kane touchdown catch at the end of the game. So it was very, very exciting contest. Turlings pulled it out by four points in the rematch is Friday. St. Thomas More, we ca- talked to Coach Savoy yesterday, uh, offensive coordinator for the Cougars. They are the number one seed playing Edie White. Yes, the same Edie White program that defeated STM in the semifinals last year. So you can you you have that option. Also Vermilion Catholic, the number one seed undefeated on the season. 12 and 0 that will be playing St. Martin's Episcopal and again this is very different. St. Martin's is a program that I don't I I saw it earlier this week. I don't think they've made it to this level since the 70s. Like that was like about I don't know 175 pounds ago for me. <laughs> it's been it a long time ago. Um since Saint Barnes has been to this level and so they will come to Abbeville i have not seen but they have a running back that a lot of people are very high on is he's, he, he's going to be you know highly highly recruited player and he's obviously had a great season he's gotten the number 4 seed 11 and 1 on the season and they're playing at for and catholic in Abbeville on uh, on friday the road games are westgate at Destrehan Man, you know, between Karen Crow and Acadiana, we've had a lot of teams play Destrahan in the playoffs, especially deeps in the playoffs over the years. And uh, that that should be a good game. And then the other one is Notre Dame and St. Charles and Laplace in the New Orleans area. And once again, that's a rematch. The last two years in the semifinals, St. Charles has beaten Notre Dame at the wire, very close games. And um, they just both went St. Charles's way. So Notre Dame is thinking... Of a little ravine, just like St. Thomas More is. So just a just a great Friday night, a high school football plan. Any thoughts you have on that? I know a lot of you kind of disagree with Dane, probably, but look, I, I've said it. I, I, I'm fine with Batman not being the full time quarterback, but I think he needs to be used a lot more. Like, I just think you've got to minimize. You got to maximize your, the strengths of the talent that you have and minimize their weaknesses. And I, I just don't, I think they've done that pretty well at times, and then other times they have not. And so I, I just, um, you know, I wouldn't, I, if they announced tomorrow that we're going with Batman as the starting quarterback the rest of the way, I would not be upset. But it's not something that I'm necessarily calling for. I just want a whole lot more of them than I've got right now. Um, and again, we're all upset. Saints fans are all upset because uh, the guy Chris Olave, who I call West Chandler, that it was a catch, but the, but and and that's its own issue. Okay, but I've been screaming for Batman to throw the ball down the field all season. Yeah, they ruled it not a catch. Yes, it was a catch, but. That doesn't mean that's the only time you can throw that pass the whole game. Like, just, he doesn't throw the ball down the field enough. He doesn't throw the ball enough, period. And he definitely doesn't throw it down the field enough. I just, and I still say the absolute best play in the Saints playbook is to drop Batman back and have him look down the field and then scramble. I mean, when does when that ever happened? and i think that's the most the best play they have in their whole book and 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 hardly ever gets used and it's not really a play it's just kind of the uh um you know it's a result of a play but i mean if you're on defense isn't that what you fear the most when you're facing a mobile quarterback that they drop back to pass and they start running in a chaotic situation and yet the Saints hardly ever use it. i mean it just it it need to change the subject again the game hotline 7060111 by the way uh since before we get too far into this week and it's already Wednesday just want to give you the results of our our weekly uh, season-long QW poll it was a really good week for the QW so congratulations all you QW fans out there and all you QWs out there um it was a pretty good week seven victories this past weekend in the NFL that goes that includes Thanksgiving day a, a week uh, ago tomorrow uh, seven victories by quarterbacks with, with by teams with the superior quarterbacks only three wins by teams with the inferior quarterback and another high number of six where you had a bunch of you had six games where quarterbacks were about on the same level uh, and so the new updated total. 64 wins this season. If you have a superior tier or higher tier quarterback, 49 wins for if you have an inferior tier quarterback, and 64 where the quarterbacks were on the same plane. Uh, so it's 64, 49, and 64. Not you know again. I had no idea how all of this was going to work out. I still don't think it's an overwhelming thing, but it was a good week. Good week for the QW. So we'll see if down the stretch the QWs it start it starts to matter a little more down the stretch. I know one game Monday night, I hope, goes into that second category. <laughs> I can tell you that much. Oh boy. All right. Again, the game hotline 706-0111. 706-0-1-1-1. The first comment I made today was that uh, r- r- referencing the schedule for the Superdome. If you have not gotten that far, and some of you may be superstitious, like if your team's still participating, you don't want to know until the game's over. You, you, like, you're like jinxing yourself. That's what my wife and daughters would say. But I did, for planning purposes, look it up, and it could be a really busy Friday next week. Let's say all of our local teams win. Uh, if that happens, and, I mean, chances are they're not all going to win. And, I, and obviously, we know at least one of them has to lose because they're playing one another. But I'm talking about all the game. If there's a local team coming out of all the matchups, on next Friday we could have, um, you know, if they win, St. Thomas More playing either LCA or Turlings at noon on Friday. Then at 3.30 next Friday could be Notre Dame against – the University Dunham winner. And then at 7 o'clock on Friday would be Westgate if they beat Destrahan against the Rustin Zachary winner. And uh, the other ones, by the way, if Vermean Catholic wins, they will play the Ouachita Christian Ascension Catholic winner at 7 on Thursday. And if the Karen Crow Bears win, they would play the final game of the um, of the whole Superdome Classic or whatever they're calling it now. Um, against the winner of Catholic of Baton Rouge and John Curtis at seven o'clock on Saturday. Man, that I think of all the that's a, that's gonna be a pretty good game. I mean, if you were gonna watch a game, not have not have anything to do with your actual team that you support or the areas you support, uh, LCA Turlings might be number one or two on my list, and the other one might be one or two would be Catholic and and John Curtis. So that um. That, that, that could be a, a, a well of a game. I don't know that John Curtis has enough for Catholic, as good as they are. But we'll see. Again, as they say, that, 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 that's why they played the a game. All right. So, um, covered a lot of bases today. Talk LSU football and high school football and even uh, snuck a little Saints talk in there with uh, with with Dane and and you know we haven't talked much baseball but there was a big trade yesterday that the Cardinals traded three pretty good prospects for Sean Murphy catcher for the for the A's so the A's just keep adding young talent to the fold and getting rid of guys who are about to make money I mean it's just it's kind of you know the way the A's have done things for a long time the Astros don't have to try to get. I never really like facing Sean Murphy a whole lot. Now, obviously, the Astros have had you know more success than the A's, no question. But um, and it's fun beating them. But but I'm not you know Sean Murphy always kind of makes me a little nervous, and so um, I, I got no issues with Sean Murphy leaving the um, the Astros division. But man, if all these rumors are true all the people Seattle may be bringing in and the Angels. I mean, some people think Trey Turner's going to the Angels. I mean, I, I don't really believe that. But if you believe some of these rumors, it it, it, it could get a little scary. The, the, you know, and the Rangers are trying to pick up all these people. You know, you, people have talked about maybe DeGrom to the Rangers. and Man, the Rangers are trying to they're, – they're scaring me because them in Seattle, they're in hot pursuit of talent right now. And they already have quite a bit. Um, fortunately, the Rangers don't quite have the pitching that some of these other teams have, and hopefully that continues. But between the little MVPs and the Rangers and the Mariners, man, they just they just keep trying to add talent. And, and the A's, I think they might be going in that other direction, heading back towards the cellar-dweller time for, for them, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. But we'll see how that plays out. But, no, it is man. And by the way, it starts Sunday. Winter meetings start Sunday. It's either through Wednesday or Thursday, something like that. It normally lasts three or four or five days long. So um, next week, I know we're going to be football. We're going to be talking about whatever bowl the Cajuns and the Tigers are going in. And we'll be heading into the state championship weekend for high school football, no question. But. Could be some more mega deals in Major League Baseball with the the winter meetings, including. I'm sure we're going to find out where Aaron Judge is going, and are the Astros going to add a catcher? Are they going to add another outfielder? And where all these other, you know, where's Correa going to go? And Bogart's going to go. I could see Xander Bogart's going to the Phillies. That just makes sense to me. I kind of see that happening, but we'll find out. If not all, most of those. Situations next week in the winter meeting, so it's going to be a busy week again next week. All right. For now, we'll take a timeout. Come back, finish out today's show next
0: on the game. Tune in every weekday at 8:15 a.m. and 3:15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers. Here on the Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome uh, back to Footnotes on the Game. want to remind, we've been telling you about AcadianaDeals.com. Great deals all week long, and now it's gotten even better. Again, you could get one of several things. Bayou Pop, gourmet popcorn, 40 flavors. You can get at a discounted price for this week only an additional 50% off. This week only, this offer ends Friday at midnight. That's two days from now at midnight. So you have today and tomorrow and Friday before midnight to get uh, 50% off this Bayou Pop Gourmet Popcorn or, as we've been telling you, Mudcat Whiskers, where you can get handcrafted beer grooming products and Emmy's Ice Cream Bar, which offers Supreme Ice Cream. So you can get 50% off any one of these three products, just use the discount code Delta Fifty, Delta Fifty, and you, to get fifty percent off uh, Emmy's ice cream bar or products from Mudcat Whiskers or any one of forty flavors of Bayou Pop Gourmet Popcorn. All of this going to AcadianaDeals.com again. The great deal, fifty percent off. Don't delay. Ends Friday at midnight so go to acadianadeals.com um i like popcorn my wife tells me i'm not very good at grooming myself and so perhaps i need more mudcat whiskers way more than i even imagine. and i love ice cream so all of that sounds really um like a good deal for me maybe one of my daughters need to buy me some products from mudcat whiskers so i can um my wife can be more satisfied with my grooming habits. But anyway, uh great opportunity. So take advantage of that. And it is December tomorrow. Is tomorrow December? I think, t- yeah, tomorrow is December. Wow. It's pretty December already. You know, some people are already, you know, my wife and and, and it's good that she does it. But Michelle starts Christmas shopping pretty early. Like I'm. I'm, um, I've always, I'm not, she does 99% of the Christmas shop. I hate to shop. I don't mind purchasing. I hate to shop.
4: I only like grocery hate shopping. It. I don't I, like.
1: I like grocery purchasing.
4: Oh, I like yeah.
1: to purchase things. I don't like to shop for anything.
4: My mom's already sent a picture to our group chat of all of our family and is like, this is already what I've gotten so far and they're all wrapped already and the dog's like, I just want to sit on the couch, man. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's. It's unbelievable. Um, I, I just I don't know. I can't do it, but she loves it, and hopefully, um, you know, it, it always seems to work out, and it's all because of her, because it's not because of me. I mean, I you know, I just do not like to shop. But if you don't like to shop like me, then uh, uh, opportunities like a, like like you can get at com is a, is a, is a great way to purchase items and not. Um, not have to stand in line or do all this looking. I mean, that just, just drives me crazy. And then I'm sure y'all, many of y'all have been there. You go shopping, and then she gets mad because you have a bad attitude while you're shopping, and, and then it becomes not a pleasant situation. So hopefully I can avoid that. All right, appreciate Dane coming on. Uh, and Koki, as always, and Coach Murphy, y'all have a nice day.